1991, Greg was a part of a small team that smuggled Bibles into Cuba. They um, spent about a year or so praying together. It wasn't legal to go at the time. And so they flew into Mexico and went with a tourist group from Mexico into Cuba and were very successful in getting their Bibles through customs. Um, it was quite an amazing time. So recently I, I stumbled across something on the Internet. I, I have a way of stumbling across things. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing. And uh, as a result of that, several weeks ago, Greg and I went down to um, <coughs> The Rocky Mount area. We were outside of Rocky Mount, but we went down. Whitakers, that's it. Whitakers, North Carolina. We went down there and had a delightful time with a retired pastor who can't be with us today. He was going to be a part of the team here today. Um, and then with Tony, as he was um, sharing with a team that was getting ready to go to Cuba, a little bit of the briefing of things to expect and all. And uh, there are lots of exciting things happening in Cuba, and it's just wonderful to have someone with us that can share a window into what's going on. Tony's been going there for quite some time, and this is Tony Jeffries and his wife. Is it Thelma? Yeah. Thelma. Okay. And um, so it's great having them here with us, and he's going to share whatever he wants to about Cuba now. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. It, it's always heartfelt to come and hear God's word. And you talked about the last song you sang was to uh, that we need the key was us sharing, and and I love the idea of he went to certain people where you were and to share. And we're in Romans right now, and we're at Romans where it talks about suppressing the truth. If we don't share our testimony and share Jesus, we're suppressing the truth, and that's sin. Sin stops us from suppressing the truth, so we have to share. We have to. So, as always, as every time I go somewhere, I had all this written down, and, it, and it's not, God says no. <laughs> so, we're going to go a different route. Um, I'm not going to suppress the truth. I'm going to tell you who I am to start with. You, what's standing before you is an alcoholic for 50 years, an alcoholic for 58 years, but the difference of an alcoholic for 58 years is the last eight years of my life, I don't drink. Uh, four states on the East Coast tried to stop me from drinking. Many people with degrees hung on the walls. Many hours of education tried to stop me from drinking. And I'll let you know why I say they didn't succeed, because at one time, as I stand before you, I had eight DWIs. Eight. Yeah. And I didn't go to jail. I didn't know it at the time, but God had plans for me. And I do know it now. But eight years ago, I come to know the Lord and accepted him. So I'm still an alcoholic. But because of him and only him, I don't drink now anymore. So praise God for that. Um, the first song you sang. Um, you know, I feel as though I'm in Cuba right now. Because what do we do in Cuba? House churches. It's Acts 1. That's what this is here. We do the same thing in Cuba. I watched as y'all sang, as the hands were up, the eyes were closed, you were pleasing to God. And that's what's going on there. So I feel as though I am in Cuba because of this. And, and, and Bill is so right. This is going to change. This is going to uh, give revival to our country. It's going to be this. It's not going to be those big buildings. It's not going to be the programs. I hate to tell you that. Going to be Jesus Christ through us. Mm -hmm. So, with that said, I want to thank God first and foremost for allowing me to be here today to be with you, to witness this. I could sit here for the next two or three hours, and Bill, you guys, could, and the other young man could keep singing and praising God, and that would be worship. But I will stand before you now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask God's forgiveness now <coughs> because I'm gonna use Tony, I'm gonna use I, I'm gonna use Bob, and I'm gonna use we. But that's the only way I know how to explain what's going on. It's all God. Make no mistake about it. That's why I wanted to tell you who I was in the first place before I started this out. Um, I'm going to go to Scripture. There's a Scripture that God led me to, and it's amazing. The song you sang this morning, um, Build your kingdom here, let the darkness fear show your mighty hand. Um, 
I'm going to go to Psalms 66. And I want to read the first five verses to you. Bill, you, I mean, I, so show your mighty hand. I'm going to read the five, first one. This is God's word to God's people. Psalm 66, verse 1 through 5. And as you sang that, this verse, these verses have come in God, and we're going to, I mean, what's it start out on, on in the first verse? Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. <clears throat> Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Verse 5, come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of man. Heavenly Father, thank you for breathing these words. Thank you for breathing everything into existence, Lord. We're, I am so grateful. Uh, thank you for allowing me to stand before these children of God, Lord. The, I've seen it and witnessed it already, their love for you, and I am so blessed to be part of this and to allow me to share your word. Lord, work through me. Your word would flow through me, Lord. Not my word, but your word. Please, please, Lord, let Tony get out of the way and let you take full control, Lord, this morning. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for continuing to love me. And thank you, most important of all, for your son, Jesus, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, Lord. And that blood that he shed, and only that blood, that I could have mercy and grace and have life eternally. Thank you, Lord. And it's your son's names I pray. My God and my Savior. Our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Um, so these verses is where I'm going to go. Now, I don't... I've been going... Uh, I was saved eight years ago. I'm 58. I don't know if you know that. 58. I was saved eight years ago. Um, a small church outside of Spring Hope probably 30 people, a church that everybody's gone through the whole generations of their family. Um, after about six months of being there, there was an uprising, if you can, can believe that. An <laughs> uprising within the church. It's hard to believe, right? Um, and I know me, I tend to speak my, I tend to speak before I, yeah, I speak. So I knew that it was best for me to move out of there, uh, get away from this place. Um, and I ended up at Inglewood Baptist Church. Um, didn't know why, but I do now. Uh, six months later, Bob Alexander showed up for a global missions conference. He, he was a missionary. He came into our Sunday school class, BFG class, we call it. And he shared about Cuba. And as he shared, I realized that he was talking to me personally and only me. And that's where it all started. Um, I read these verses to you because how awesome are your works. Your enemies shall submit themselves. So the first thing that I realized is alcohol was an enemy. It had me chained and bound. And it submitted itself. But his work that's taken place in Cuba, I've had the opportunity to sit in front of government officials in Havana, in the big building, and talk to them about God. Yeah. Talk to them because, and the reason because, is they know everything we're doing. The rooms are bugged. They listen to us. My very first trip, I've been saved for one year. Very first trip. God did so many things, but one of the things I have to tell you about, I just want to let you know this. Um, I will tell you this, when that door clicks behind you, when you go through customs in Cuba and it clicks behind you, there's a feeling there. Mm -hmm. There's a feeling, because it's clicked. Uh, no, I do not speak Spanish. I've told everybody in here. So we're, we're, in, we're in a different place. We're, I'll tell you this, we, I was out of my comfort zone, if there was mm -hmm. one. Um, 
But as we sat there, Bob had made some statements to us before the trip. Don't bring a Bible. This was 2007. Don't talk about God. And most importantly, do not talk about the government. Period. End of story. Our government, his government. Which I don't, anyway, I'm not into that. But he put me in room with a guy named Buddy Pender out of Florida. And this guy had been all over the world in canoes, sleeping in things from limbs of trees so the animals don't get him. And, you know, so here I am. I'm wide-eyed anyway. Uh, my first trip, I'm in Cuba, a communist country, uh, a new believer. And as you can see, I still have the tabs on my Bible so I can find the books. But that first night, we talked about it. We talked about his adventure uh, into other places, We 2 or 3 in the morning. And then we went to bed. We got up the next day. We went out, did ministry. Again, I was just taken back by everything. But anyway, we come back, and we come back in the room. The television's on. <coughs> Well, we stayed. We stayed in Las Terrasas, right outside of Havana, probably just past Kohima, past Alamo. I don't know where were you. Where were you? I was, I was getting more into Africa than the Oriental, Orange Coast region. Okay. Okay. Oriental. Okay. Okay. So it was pretty much north of coast. Okay. Okay. So, but anyway, um, TV's on, and it's not even on a station. It's just static. So what the world, they must have left it on. That station went off, so I turned it off. Buddy Pinter and I, we start talking about what took place that day, and then we get back on what he's done in his life, and God this, God that, God this. Get up the next day, we go out, we come back, television's on again, static. And I'm like, what in the world? You know, so I have no clue. You're going to find out I have no clue anyway, but that's besides the point. <laughs> so I turned the TV off again, and it was about 10 minutes after I turned it off. There's a knock on the door. Well, there was me and Buddy in one room, and then Bob and some other people in another room in another part of the Las Terrasas. So I'm thinking, well, it's Bob you know, coming to talk to us. I open the door, young man, about six foot tall, 25-ish, light blue shirt, dark blue pants. Joe knows who that is. Works for the government. So I'm looking at this kid, and I'm thinking to myself, Bob didn't tell us this. My mind is going, you know. Bob, he didn't tell me about this. What's going on? Well, this kid walks right in, goes, and this Las Terrasas is like a little suite. So this kid walks in and, and, and goes over to Buddy, and Buddy stands up, and Buddy starts talking and gibbering. And I'm, I'm really thinking, this, this is, this is, this, no, this, this isn't right. This, Bob didn't tell us about this. So my mind's thinking, do I bolt down the hallway and find Bob? or Well, the kid finally does this to me. Not said a word. Does this. So I close the door, and like I lock it like it's going to mean anything. It's like, yeah, it, mm -hmm. it wouldn't matter. So I go over to the kid, and, and Buddy's still trying to talk to him, and he hadn't said a word, and he does this to Buddy. So Buddy stops talking while the kid takes off. Goes in the bedroom. Comes out of the bedroom, and he has Buddy's Bible. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. My, uh, my mind, is, you just it's everywhere. Here, my first trip, you, I, this is incredible. So Buddy starts to talk again about the Bible and all these things. The kid does this again, still hasn't spoken, hasn't spoken a word since he's been in the room. He opens the Bible. I don't know where he opened it. I should have saw where he opened it, but he didn't. And he points at the Bible, he points at us, and he does this. Well, then I, I was like Peter. I was like Peter. Oh, my God, he'll never do it again. Oh, we apologize. <laughs> we know we shouldn't have done it. I mean, I was just flooded. I'll never do it again. You can have it. Well, oh, never never again say another thing about God, Jesus. We're all, oh, and, and he did this to me. So he stopped this again. He picks the Bible up again. He points at the Bible. He points at Buddy and myself. He does this. He puts the Bible down on the table. He goes over. He turns the television <laughs> up loud and does this. <laughs> goes to the door and walks out. Never saw him again. God showed me right then and there that I was right where I was supposed to be because he showed me protection. Never, I've never seen that kid again. We went out the next day. We came back. TV was off. It wasn't on. What did we do? I turned it on. <laughs> but it just showed that. Why do we know they know everything, that same trip. My eyes are even bigger now because of these things that are taking place. Maria de Los Angeles calls Pastor Eduardo and tells him, I want to see your team. 
Bob and them didn't tell me this until five or six trips later. Um, so we go to see Maria. She tells us, as she comes in, this lady tells us she is in control of all religions in Cuba, which there is many. Uh, black magic, voodoo, everything is under religion there. She is in charge of our visas that we get, religious visas, and she's in charge of everything. She knows all things. Now, being me sitting there, I'm thinking, whoop-de-doo, you know, okay, okay, great, you know, we're glad. I'm sitting there thinking. And the next thing she says is, I know you're here to build or start a Christian center. Well, when she said that, I, I caught Bob, and Bob was looking at Pastor Gloria, and I could see from their expressions that, whoa, whoa, how did, how did this take place? Because I don't know if I talked about it in the room, and I don't think we did. But anyway, and her statement was, you can do what you need to do but you will do it within our boundaries. She didn't realize it, but at that moment, God was already working. Your enemies shall submit themselves to you. You know, Cuba <coughs> does not believe in God. The Cuban children are taught in school there is no God. Basically, the government is all they have. We're everything you need. And we'll leave it at that. I'm not sure our government's not headed in the same direction, but we'll leave it at that. <coughs> but at that moment, they had, the government had already submitted. They're already submitting to his power. Every knee shall bow and praise him. Here they are. After two or three trips, Maria calls us back again. And these are all unexpected visits. This is why I'm telling you, verse 3, how awesome are your works. We never set up an appointment. We have never set up an appointment. I've had five meetings with government officials. Five. An alcoholic. 50 years old. 58 now. I've had five meetings in Havana with government officials. We've seen the commerce minister. We know we have met a doctor by the name of Dr. Cambrus, one of the well-known physicians, orthopedic surgeons in the world. I've got to sit in his office and see pictures of Saddam Hussein and him, uh, Arafat and him, all around his office, this fellow. Again, Tony Jeffries is like, well, okay, good. He's a good doctor. He's a good craft fellow. I'm glad he, he, uh, he ha does what he does. I found out he's somebody's personal physician. Now, who do you think that is? Fidel. This man is his personal physician. This man's a believer. He accepted Christ before I got there, but he accepted Christ through Bob and through Jesus Christ, of course. Bob was the vessel. Tony Castro, his youngest son, he's an orthopedic surgeon. He's accepted Christ. So what's God doing? They submit. They submit. All knees will hit bow and praise God. I'm not, I can't predict it, only God can. But God's up to something, I can tell you that. God's up to something. Raul's in control now. Tony Crastro's a nice young man. <coughs> Who knows? Who knows? We'll leave it at that. But I've had many more meetings. And through these relationships, We've met with a commerce man. We've met with a commerce minister. We've met with a minister on our last trip. Um, I mean, when you have Bob Alexander and myself sitting at a table and the government looks at us and says, we want to be part of this. Can we be part of this? These government officials. Because you know what Maria told us on one trip? I like what you're doing for my people. She doesn't realize what she said. I don't believe. Maybe she does. But that's the statement she made to us. I like what you're doing for my people. The future there and the future here is the youth. Make no mistake about it. The youth are everything. And I've had the opportunity, God's blessed me, that I have a group of 15 to 18 youth 
you know, and female. When I first went there, my mindset was find 12 youth men, disciples, and I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna change this thing, of course. Well, I'll put it this way, ladies, and it's the same there as it is here. The women are stronger than the men. <laughs> Greg, the women are stronger than the men. <laughs> and that's the way it is there. The women hold everything together. It's the grandmothers and the mothers that hold everything together in Cuba. And so one of my meetings I'm having with my 12 or 13 guys, three of the young ladies that are interpreters, Larissa, Monica, uh, Cynthia, they come walking in the meeting, pull up a chair and sit down. And I said, well, how y'all doing? Doing good? And I said, well, they said, we're here. And we're here to stay. And I said, okay. I got you. But God put on our heart, you think about these youth. These youth know enough about what's going on in the world through bits and pieces that come in. Because, of course, everything that comes in, emails, phone services, it's all monitored, it's all checked. But they know enough about the world that they don't like their situation. So they don't even want to work for the government because that is the only work. If you work, you're working for the government. So these young men and ladies don't even want to work for the government. You get out of school, you take a test. Hopefully I'm correct on all this. If you do good enough and well enough, then you go to the university. If you don't, the boys go right into the military I think the women have a choice. Three years in the military, they're going to make a choice whether they keep you or not, or kick you out. So if you think about it, this by the time they get to be 24, 25 years old, they don't believe in the government, they don't believe in work, so when they get up in the morning, what do they even have? What do they even have? So we made a decision. First is, God put our hearts to have a youth Revival. That's what we wanted to call it. So, we went to Maria. We sat down with Maria. We said, we'd like to have a revival. The government said, no. And it wasn't a very, it didn't take very long for that decision to come back. Why? They didn't want that many youth together with the gospel being preached to them from a pastor. They didn't want that. Revival, revolution, I don't know. The next day, we get a call from Maria, come back. I want to see you. So we go back. And she says, what about this? Now, this is a government official. Says, what about this? Why can't you have a concert? Mm. And we're like, well, can we? Yeah, we can have a concert. Do a concert. Okay. Well, you realize it. And we, we're honest up front. You realize what we go, we're, we're going to sing about the gospel, about God. She goes, fine, have a concert. You are allowed to have a concert. Mm -hmm. This June, my next trip is our third concert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but now they're allowing us to have testimonies from Cubans to give their testimony. They didn't do that last year. We asked last year if we could do that, have testimonies. No. So we did American, we had some American youth that came on a trip, did some testimonies. This year, Maria tells us, Cubans can do testimonies. They will submit. They will submit. So this is the third time we're doing this. We had 1,500 kids last year, and I'll, and I'll come back to that in a minute. God is still working within our hearts, and we decided, you know, these kids got to have somewhere to go. They got to have something when they get up in the morning. Yes. We've been sharing the gospel. You got to, you, you want babes. You even the pastors, even even the church leaders, they're babes. I mean, you you talk something that hasn't been done for fifty some years. A lot of them, three fourths of them, bless you, Greg, for taking the Bibles in, but they don't have the word. But anyway, we want to we we want to start a youth center, and and that was the next thing on our agenda is, is we'd like to start a youth center. Maria calls us again. Go see Maria. Maria sits there and says, you want to start a youth center? So we've come to understand that if we want to do something, we might as well say it and talk about it because that gets us that appointment that we didn't ask for, but it'll get us an appointment. <laughs> so we go and sit down with Maria again in the government, in the government offices in Havana. 
And she says, what is this you say? What are they? And we proceed to tell her that the youth could come and, and learn trades because Cuba now in the last year, they're allowed to have small businesses, $500, small businesses. They're allowed to do that, which how, <laughs> it's very mind-boggling to me, how can someone even try to attempt a business when you know, the, the average Cubans that we see, if they work, they're gonna make $15 a month. That's the average they make. But anyway, so we're, we feel that well, this could be a place for these young women and men to come to learn a trade, mm -hmm. to learn how to use tools, to cut hair, mm -hmm. to do whatever. Uh, they could come to learn how to paint. We could do, there's just endless things. But of course, the bottom line is they can come and, and learn about God and share Jesus and have, have a, a, a life of that excitement to come. So we tell Marie all this. So our thought process is we're going to get up and leave, and she's going to give us an answer. It, it wasn't 10 minutes. And she looks at us again, Bob and myself sitting there, and says, yes, mm. you can do this. <coughs> but she says, but we want to come and see it. Now, it's like we're going to say no in the first place too. We're like, nope, can't do it. Nope, I'm not gonna allow that. But for her to even ask that, for her to even, for them allowing us to, to start this youth center, for them allow, wanting to come and to see this. Now, is are they coming to see it to keep an eye on us? That's great. More power to them. That's where we need them. We want them in there to hear this and see the love of Jesus and see this, what's going on. But again, they will submit. They will submit. I'm not sure that it'll be a day. I don't know if it'll be during my time. <laughs> but Cuba's going to be an overwhelming Jesus Christ society. And they're going to be coming back to America to try to help us. I'm not sure that's not going to take place. I mean, I know you've heard the news. You're probably asking the question, well, what's going on? The Cuban and the Americans have this relationship. They're, uh, Obama's have this relationship. And Americans all are upset because how the Cubans people are being treated, which that's great. Don't get me wrong, that's beautiful. But what's what's the first thing Obama says he's gonna do? The embassy, right? I just read, I just I saw in the news, he wants to go to Congress and get six million dollars to fix the building. Fix the building. You've got Cubans that make fifteen dollars a month. Where would six million dollars go? And he's worried about the building because it leaks. And it's, it needs to be cleaned. You guys do what you want with that. But I don't foresee this relationship ever getting to the level that we have the opportunity, that God's give us the opportunity to, to walk side by side, to be in a house church. The harvest is white. I'm going to tell you now. I've, I've seen it. I've sat down and talked to a, young, a lady by the name of Rosa. And I always say, as Jesus told his disciples, the first thing I say before I start is this, let peace be in this house. That's part, that's our scripture you can find in Luke. Let peace be in this house. After I said those words, I hadn't even started to speak to her. Three words, and she had tears already coming down her cheeks. God touched her. God was already there before I even got there. God was right there. And what's the verse five? Come. And see the works of God. Come and see the works of God. It's amazing. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of man. We're all his children. Every one of us. I love what I see here. There is a mixture of everybody, I think. We're all God's children. He sees us as his children. He doesn't see us as black and white. We're all his children. And God has blessed me and gave me the opportunity to go to Cuba. To go and not suppress <coughs> the truth. To go and share about him and only him. And that's what this is about. I started going, there was 19, uh, 1998, there was two house churches, uh, Pastor Eduardo started. 2007, my first trip, there was, there was 27 house churches. There's only allowed to be 25 per church. That was one of the rules that Fidel said. 
And I, I feel that he thinks, well, if I keep it small, they can't get very strong. And probably Satan was telling him, don't worry about these Christians. If it gets a little tough, they're going to give up anyway. Gates are wide. There's a lot of Christians that are walking in the wide gates instead of the narrow gates in our society right now. Make no mistake about it. But I've had the opportunity to see this. I want to say one more thing, and then I'm going to stop. And I think I told someone I was going to say this, and I, so I remember. We cannot, we cannot share on the streets. Now, are we allowed to share to one person? Yes. We can share the gospel to one person one-on-one. We have a religious visa. They know we're there to share about God. And we are allowed to share about God. We are to do it in the houses or the house churches. But we are not allowed to share one-on-one or more. And what I mean by that is there's, there's always people going and coming to you. I mean, they're always going somewhere and coming somewhere. There's always movement. There's people everywhere. And if I'm an American, I'm talking to a Cuban, guarantee you in five minutes there's going to be two or three others that are going to stop and listen. And before you know it, there could be ten, and that's where we got to cut it. That's where we have to stop talking and move on. Um, probably four trips ago, and this is the picture, and I've got some brochures to leave you guys. And this is the picture of Nelson, this guy here. That's Larissa, the young lady I told you about, and that's, uh, that's uh, Marlene, the other lady, that are a part of the group. We were waiting for Monica. Monica was late coming back with her group. We're sitting on the bus. We're waiting to pick everybody up to go back to the main house church. We're sitting there, and a fellow by the name of Bob Unruh had passed out tracks because we can pass tracks out as long as we don't say anything pass tracks out so he had bought uh, Spanish English tracks he had passed this guy a track and here I'm again I'm going to tell you how useless I am <coughs> I'm sitting on the bus doors open we're waiting Bob had passed these out we're all waiting for Monica and her two or three on the team to come and Nelson walks up to me and he has a track in his hand he stands at the door looking at me and I'm yep hi, no, no Spanish how you doing and he's got this he's got this trap and he's holding it and then he holds it out more and I'm like no no you you can keep it you can have it it's you, you know you don't have to give it back if you've read it that's fine you can keep it and then finally he does this and I'm like oh, and finally I'm like oh oh grace okay duh so I go out and he 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 can speak enough English to say you need to tell me more and I'm like, okay, wait, well, let me go back and get my Bible because I got Spanish, English side by side. And then I was able to get Larissa, the translator, to come with me. We'll make a long story short. Before it was said and done, he accepted Christ. Now, as we stand there and talk to him, his best friend comes over. And so now we start talking to his best friend. So now you see there's three of us. There's three of us, Nelson and his best friend. So there's about four or five there. So I'm starting to get a little nervous. So I'm like, okay, hold on a minute. So I go on the bus. Shane, I need you. So Shane comes out. He gets, he takes his best friend and one of the interpreters, they go over. So I'm still talking to Nelson a little bit. Next thing I know, I look up and there's four surrounding Shane. So I'm like, time out. Okay, hold on. I need someone else to come off the bus. Well, make a long story short, it got to the point where we had four people out in the corner sharing the gospel and there must have been 30. And I finally said, God, you've sent them, you've touched them, it's your problem. Well, come to think, if it was all said and done, it was 30-some people, I think eight or nine, accepted Christ that day on that coin. So that was the first time we shared in public like that. So I'm like, okay, this last trip, I know you've heard, Pat heard there were some, some things that took place, some sicknesses. Well, Satan was all over this last trip. And because of my flesh, I didn't see truly what God had in store for us. And I, I asked forgiveness about four weeks ago, fell on my knees and, and asked him to forgive me of that. But Saturdays is a, is a children's ministry. All the church, house churches bring all their little children, not all of them, because one, the, one of the Saturdays we had over 600 some kids that came. But they normally bring their kids to the main house church and we do a presentation, whether it's share the gospel I have found my calling. I am happy to clown. I have found my calling. I am happy to clown. But anyway, and happy does, we do the uh, lost sheep, we do the three fishermen, we do creation, and that trip there, we did Jonah. We had a big sheep, 
and we had a hole cut out of it with a thing up so it was yawning. Well, anyway. Well, we get there that morning to the church, and Pastor Duarte says, we're going somewhere else. And I'm thinking, oh, where are we going? I'm not going to be able to use the sheet. If we're going to a house church, the sheet's bigger than one of the walls, so it ain't going to happen. But anyway, so we get there. We come out of the bus, and we're in a park, a big park in between all the communes. There's house, big apartments all around, all apartments all around us. So I'm like, okay, because I'm going to do Jonah. I'm really not going to ask for an invitation. I'm not going to share that much. So we're fine. We can do this. So we proceed to go through Jonah. I had a pastor out of Nevada that was Jonah. He did an awesome job. I'll never be able to do it again unless he goes with me. But anyway, make a long story short, there was probably 120 to 30 kids there. Now just remember what I said. We're outside. There were... 50 or 60 adults that were within the group milling around. And then the, the balconies were almost full. I'd say 50% of the balconies had Cubans listening because what they had, they had microphones. They had amplifiers. So we get done with Jonah. I step back, and, and Aaron's out. He's been spit out. He's tumbled and got water all over the place, and he proceeds to tell them about running from God. You can't run or hide from God. Yeah, so he goes through the whole story. You guys know that. But what does he do next? He starts sharing the gospel. He starts witnessing to these kids about accepting Christ. And I'm sitting there thinking, going through my mind, I need to stop him. I got to grab his hand, arm. I got to happy. He's got to go up and just do an inter interruption here and just make like it's part of the show. I couldn't move. I didn't move. There's that. That's right. <laughs> But because of my blind and my flesh, I couldn't see that more than likely that trip in that courtyard, more seed was planted than's ever been planted before. Because when Aaron got done doing it, Bob got right back up there and shared it again. He went through the whole thing again with him. Accepting Christ. And one thing that happens there is if you go on a trip, you're going to see it. When you ask the youth or the kids, if they haven't been saved to pray the prayer well, what happens is, is they all pray it again. So as Bob is going through this, you can hear it within this courtyard, this prayer amongst people. So more seeds were planted. His enemies will submit. Verse 5, come and see what God is doing. Some of the most beautiful people I've ever met. I'm going to tell you that. Some loving people that are just so excited about Christ, so excited about Jesus. It, it's amazing. It's amazing what God's doing, what God's going to do with this. But, you know, I, I just thank you for allowing me to come. I don't know if any of you have any questions. I don't even know what time it is. You can take a look. If anybody has any questions, if anybody wants any information, I will leave these brochures here. I will leave these brochures here. I will ask, I will say there is a need if I can do that. And, and I'm doing this because there's a need. <laughs> um, this youth concert that we do, we, we rent the buses to go get the kids. And we rent, I'm talking big buses. And these buses go out and pick the youth up, bring them to the concert, and then there will be a piece of cake and a soda for each child. Now, you and I may think, well, a piece of cake and a soda. That's big. That's big for these kids. Some of these kids may not have even eaten that day. For that to happen, it's we have come to, it, it, it costs us about $4 for every youth that comes to us. $4 for these kids to hear God's word through music. Four dollars. So if I would ask that you would pray about that and if God puts it on your heart to help, that'd be great. If he doesn't, just pray, pray, pray that all these things will continue. All these things will continue. That, he, that the enemy will continue to submit. That God will be glorified. And that his word will proceed. What do we want these youth to do? It's not my job. I can't to go to every part of Cuba. That's what our that's where their goal is. We've been to two different places that did not have house churches. How do we do it? We get out of the van, we throw a baseball. The kids come, Jeff. 
The kids come. After the kids come, who comes in, do you think? Mom. Not, not dad. Mom. Grandma. Because three or four generations live in each house. So mom and grandma come. They want to know what's going on. What's going on? Why are these guys giving candy? They got candy. My kid come home. He's got these candy. He, he, or, these kids are excited. They're playing baseball. Might even leave them a baseball here or there. And then we get into a house. They allow us to come into a house. A mom and a grandmother allow us to come to their house. Got peace be with this house. Bam. They accept Christ. We start a church. So come see. I, I invite you to come see it. Come see God at work in a place that is 90 miles away that what has taken place should never have taken place. We know USA is on a decline. We know it. Make no mistake about it. Our country is taking those steps that are in Romans. They don't, we don't glorify God anymore. We don't thank God. We thank foolishly. We're not wise. We've gone to the point where we've hit the bottom. We have idols. Make no mistake about it. But they're going to go the other way. They're going to climb. And I'm just thankful that I can be part of it. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I so thank you for the opportunity you've given me to even see your work. To be in your presence, Lord, because I know you're there. Make no mistake about it. I've seen it. I've felt it. And I know you're there. And I thank you for that opportunity you've given me. A alcoholic. That's, uh, I'm a pile of filthy rags, Lord. But because of the blood of Jesus, because of that coat of blood that I can put on, you don't see me, you see Jesus in me, and I'm so grateful for that, Lord. And I, again, thank you for your word this day. I thank you for all that you're doing. And I ask that you continue to allow me to be part of what you are doing, that I be humbled enough to, to do what you ask when I stay there, Lord. Thank you for this group that has come and has listened and touch each one what the Lord the way you would touch them the what you would want it's your will it's not mine it's your will Lord that will be done today and I thank you for loving me as I said before and I thank you for continuing to love me and it's in your son Jesus in his good name I pray amen so I, I don't know if y'all have questions that can be answered now um, certainly there's some questions let me give you one <coughs> statement first uh, we're happy the clown needs company the next time Mary has a clown costume. <laughs> oh, I've got several clown costumes. Well, Mary, I'd love, I'd love for you to come. In all sizes, Greg. Well, here's what I'm asking. Here's what I'll ask of it. I'm going to do Noah next. I'm going to take a sheet, make it look like a boat, cut a thing with, a, with, a, with Velcro, and then we'll pull the Velcro and lay it down, and then we're going to have animal heads cut, and those will be the Cuban children. We'll pick them to come up on it, and then we'll share about that. So... You, if you get suggestions that you can give me, that would be great, too, uh, for other things that I could do, uh, that Happy could do. Um, but again, I really do thank you. Yes, ma'am. I'm so grateful to you, Sister Lori. Um, who keeps them at 330? How do the pa house pastors. It, it, when we go knock on doors, there is the, it will not be the house pastor normally with us, but it will be a church member that's with us that takes us out. And there'll be a translator, of course. When that word is shared, their names are written down. And I'll tell you what, they are brought into the family. They are brought into the family. Because each house church, as you guys know, each house church, you know, could only, it could be just this cult, well, just like you guys. But you guys come from further. But more than likely, it's walking distance. Mm -hmm. So every one of them that, that confessed and, and, and accepts Christ and believes in him, they're brought into it and they're taught. And they're walked with, and they're they're nourished, and they're and they're and it's all it's a beautiful thing. They, because I've gone back. Well, this is 19 times I've been, and I've gone back and seen these places I haven't been in five years or four years or something like that. My first second trip, and I've seen people that accepted Christ there. They're part of the church now. Or you'll go back and they'll say, "Please come talk to someone again." And we'll go talk to a person that accepted and just didn't, maybe didn't understand, truly understand it. And we'll go back and share with them. But the, the Cubans are, I mean, they're just, they're loving people, let me tell you. And Jesus within them is just incredible how they'll pull them in and, and, and nurture them. 
one of the things that we do every trip is they do pastoral training. Um, and so the house that's church Dr. leaders come to class. So that's how they get taught is the pastoral And that's Dr. Hammock. That's his name you heard Pat talk about. That's Dr. Hammock. He, <coughs> he, he started Pro Teens. And I don't know if you, I know you guys have a great teen ministry. Dr. Hammock started Pro Teens. It's, it's a youth ministry. He's written books, many books for that. Uh, they're all over the world now. They're in like 45 countries. Um, his books and his literature of proteins, but he's the one that, that God has sent us to go and train pastors to give them, because what's going on and what's happening is there's many other, and I'll use this word loosely, denominations. You guys know it. Probably the most, when we sit down with somebody, an older man, if we get that opportunity, that's been there before, one, he wants to know is why we're hypocrites. That's the first thing he'll ask you. And the second thing is, I'm a good person. I do good works. I'm a good person. I do good works. I'm in good shape. So you, you start right there with them. The youth, they're more receptive because they've been told there is no God. And we're, you know, when happy does creation, look at this. This didn't just, this, you know, this wasn't all shook up in a bag and opened up and it all fell out into perfect order. No, there is a creator who created this. And so um, that's how that it works. It works good. Any other questions? When is the youth conference? June tw June twenty fifth. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you this now: um, it takes sixty to seventy days for us to get our visas approved uh, through the Cuban government. Um, we have God has given us some great people. Pastor Isaac is another pastor. Uh, that works within the government visa department, which helps us. But it does take 60 to 72 days to even get a visa. Mm -hmm. And when you apply for your visa, you have to have your passport number. Yeah, you, you have, have to have that. You have to go ahead and apply for a passport first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very hard. It, it, it is a struggle. Um, there's been a lot of challenges. Uh, the government has changed all their flight schedules now. The Cubans have changed it. They, change, they used to change it once a year, but now they change it once every two months which is hard on us because we're trying to get tickets a little bit earlier, a better price, and next thing you know, um, that flight doesn't work, mm -hmm. and we're trying to pull it together at the end. But, uh, of course, they always work out. We know that. They always do work out. What about the concerts? What type of concerts do y'all do? Is it a Christian group? Yeah, all Christian group music. Group? Well, no. A matter of fact, this time I got a young lady going with me, Meredith Davis, that's gone before. Um, and she's going to sing. I mean, she's learning some Spanish songs. She's going to sing. She does acoustic guitar. You guys would love her. Uh, we got a group of, of uh, and I'll, I'll say this, I believe they're Mexicans. I believe they're in Greenville, South Carolina, a whole family, Juan uh, Rastro or something like that. They're going to go and be part of it, and they're just putting this group together and singing. Uh, we, the first two concerts, we had a, a, a fellow by the name of Charlie Bertego that went to Venezuela. Um, that was young and had the had the, the, the clothes and the hat and the you know the little the tight jeans and every, <laughs> everything that you wear to be cool. But uh, you know it's it's any group it's anybody. If God sends somebody to want to play and come, it's their stage. Um, they do what they how they want to do it. So a drama, uh, a drama team. Oh, a drama team would be awesome. We rent the equipment. <laughs> we rent we rent the equipment. Uh, the speakers, the mics, uh, the drums, those are rented. Normally the musicians, Meredith that's, that's and some other... That's a big one, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh, check it out. <laughs> but uh, the, normally a musician, wants it, they'll take their own guitar. Uh, uh, but we do have a keyboard, so that's not needed because keyboards are pretty big to be toting through the airports. But drums and all the speakers and the board that you do all this stuff with and whatever you do with that board. Uh, we rent all that. That's, again, part of this. When I say $4 a youth, it's $4 a youth. Then we rent all this equipment. So there's other costs that go into this thing, too. Um, but last year, we had over 1,500 kids. And probably 1,500, probably 75% of them have never heard the gospel, never will hear. I mean, um, so it's a, it's a great thing that, uh, that God's allowing us to do. Yes, sir. 
Well, Tony, I appreciate <coughs> appreciate you sharing that uh, wonderful word. I mean, God spoke through you. Uh, it's, it's marvelous to hear what's going on in Cuba, especially with uh, more openness in the government here. And I was just curious about, I have a couple of questions. One, if Tony Castro yep. is a Christian, does yep. he have any role in government? No. He's an old thing. Well, he he loved that how how he came to know the Lord is he loves baseball. Amen. So <laughs> when we went on trip, we would always do baseball clinics. We'd do a clinic on Saturday afternoon. Scott, his partner, is a was a professional umpire. Baseball umpire. So we would do. That's how Bob got into Cuba was baseball. I mean, Bob went there with a with a mentality, the flesh mentality. He wanted to umpire a game in Cuba, and he could say, "I did that." Well, God had different plans, but anyway, uh, and, and this happened before I started, is that every time Bob would do a clinic in between 2000 and 2007, he would see this man show up, a young man, and there would be four or five people all around him. And he would be there, and then when Bob would try to move toward him, it was like, you know, something oil and vinegar, there was always a buffer, and next thing you know, he was gone. Well, before it was all said and done, Tony accepted Christ. Now, what's happened since I've been there, I've not met the man. And I think what I believe has taken place is, is Fidel doesn't know that he's a Christian. And that it was starting to be noticed that every time we came, Tony was there with us. And so he's kind of separated himself from us. But no, he's an orthopedic surgeon. He has nothing to do with the government. But he doesn't do surgery at all now. He just does baseball. When they had the world's, the World's Classic, he was in the dugout when they had the World's Classic. He went with the team. Yeah. Uh, my other question is this. Since you're doing, <coughs> excuse me, since you're doing Noah's Ark this year, yep. we just wanted to, well, we wonder if we could volunteer Greg as your badger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to see that they, they love you, Greg. <laughs> Suitcases full of Bibles. So they haven't said you can't take it. Oh no! no. Now, no. Now you're. They will submit. I'm telling you, Jerry. They will submit. We take Bibles in now. We took a suitcase full. I've taken suitcases and suitcases full of them. Now, if you do get stopped, we take so many products, soaps, food, things like that. That ever who stops you, if you give them a baggie. 
Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we go, Joe, we tell them what we're bringing. When we send in for our visas, there's a list of what we're bringing. 100 Bibles, 20,000 vitamins. We get a list of everything we're bringing. Ahead of time. So the government always has this because when we go through customs, they're going to X our bags, some of them. And then I I go with those people that the bags get X. And, and, and we open them up and they start digging through them. And they start asking questions. And, that, and I've come to the point, and, and sometimes I really why I even say, but I've told them no, because they tried to charge us for things. And I said, you can't. And they looked at me like, what? I said, you can't do that because your government knows what we have already and they have given us our visas, so we're allowed to bring them. So then they go get two or three other people and they come over and talk between them and then they ask me and I say, no, I'm not, I can't, I'm not paying you. Then they go get somebody else and finally they come over and say, yeah, go ahead. And we go down the road because I'm not sure that money will ever get to where it was supposed to go in the first place. So Teachers Sports is a 501c3, um, so any donations are tax deductible. A strip is $2,300, um, so that includes everything. Everything. That's All your flights. While everything. you're there, flights, rooms. Um, but again, it's a 501c3, so it is tax deductible. Did you say that the flight had to be a charter flight? It is a charter flight that we take out of uh, Miami. Now, there are direct flights that go out of, I think, New York now. There's direct flights out of New York uh, and a couple other places, but they are way expensive. So we go to Miami and fly out of Miami. You guys, would I, you, we should go to the Bahamas. We used to go to the Bahamas and fly Cabana Air. Now, that's an experience <laughs> because they're old Russian planes. <laughs> so it's an experience. It's the ones that have the cargo net and the luggage is right there in the net. I didn't know. Yeah, you walk up the back end. There's a lot of praying going on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Get this bird off the ground, Lord. So the address for, for us to send donations is on the back of the book. You can send it to Nine Summerleaf Way, and I don't know what. And there's even PayPal. What do I have here? Yeah, I have the Summerleaf. And, and I don't even know if my phone number, my phone number on here. I don't even know what's on my card. Yeah, my, my, please feel free to call me if you have any questions or any, anything that you want to ask. Uh, at any time to call me. I'd love to, to, to share with you. We uh, do get questions about the why is it Dusty Chains SSI instead of Strategic Sports. And Bob um, that he's talked about also does Israel. Well, we, for security reasons, we couldn't have Strategic Sports listed as the website. As he went to Israel. Because so you can't be a missionary Dusty in Israel. Chains SSI is the reason. And we're changing it around now. We're trying to get uh, SSI more involved in it. But uh, sometime, someday, I'll tell you why where Dusty Change came from. Um, again, that was God that spoke to me one, one day. So, but uh, yes, ma'am. Um, what kind of uh, opportunities are you having now with Cuban believers that are in the profession to be able to do Discipleship and mm -hmm. training, like yes. educators, healthcare workers, yes. government people, yes. businessmen, you know, so that you can see the gospel permeating that, society. It, it, we, you know, uh, as far as government officials, uh, I couldn't tell you. There may be government people in the, within the church system. We don't know. There could be. Mm -hmm. I don't know that. Uh, we, anytime we go, we look at the makeup of the team. And this time there's a lady from Biloxi, Mississippi that is an art teacher, so she's going to do arts and crafts. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we have teams that are more women, so we'll have a women's ministry. Mm -hmm. Or if it's man-loaded, we could do construction. Mm -hmm. We can go and do construction. We can raise funds and fix someone's roof. It's amazing that Katrina came through and tore up 500,000 roofs. Maria sold us. Government's out of money, and they still got 300,000 that are leaking. So we've gone before with a bunch of guys and went out and fixed roofs, knocked on someone's door. We hear your roof leaks. Let us fix it. And the first thing is, how much is it going to cost you? Nothing. Yeah, the reason I'm asking is just, um, I mean, that's, I know there are, there's a, such amazing opportunities just to be able to work yeah. with the local believers. That's right. For example, if you went and went to a house church or several house churches and you realized that some of the people there were, were, public, were public school teachers, but they yeah. had come to faith. That's right. You know, opportunity. You see it all the time. To work with them. You know, I've taken probably five sewing machines in. Yeah. 
uh, and given them to, to certain ladies. We've taken tons of nail, because there's the young people like to do the nails, and mm -hmm. we've taken opportunities where they can start a business. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know if that's in here where we talk about $500 to start a small business. They may, it's in, but you know, it, it is amazing, like Dr. Ernesto. See, the reason he showed up and the main nurse showed up is that when we said we were doing a medical clinic, the government said, well, our people are gonna be there. You're just not gonna go out and do what you're doing. So Dr. Ernesto was sent to us with a with a nurse. So the first couple mission or a couple medical clinics, they were there. Well, Dr. Ernesto and the 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 the, the uh, nurse now believers. He uh, him and her Miriam took off time. They had to take off a week from work to be at the clinic. They took off a week from work to be at the clinic. And he worked six days a week. Mm -hmm. 12 hours a day mm -hmm. and makes $45 a month working for the government as, as a doctor. Yeah. Now the thing is, when I do that, I'm going to have to take you need about one ten thousand more. But yeah, because I'll have to take one kid around the corner. Yeah, we have some more kids. You know what I mean? Um, but I will do that. Happy can do this because Happy will be doing something on that Saturday, June twenty seventh. I think it is the twenty seventh. And that say around nine o'clock, Happy will be doing something. Do you have any trips scheduled beyond? The June trip. Yes, we, there's a couple. Yeah, they're on there. There's a we're we're taking uh, some uh, major league, ex major league ba ball players in August uh, to do a high end clinic there for the Cubans. A major. They're not. Yeah, they're not going to let us deal with industrialists or any of those teams. The government says no, but they're going to. Cuba's got like minors under them, just like we have minor leagues, and we're we're going to do. There's a young man, Raul. Who was, and it's another whole story there. That, that's how we met Dr. Cambros. But uh, Raul is on a different level, and we're going to go in major league players. Um, November 10th through the 16th is medical missions with Three Rivers Baptist Association, Association. in Greer, South Carolina. They're going to go. And then December 1st through the 7th is a fishing ministry trip, which is the reason it, it says fishing is you go to a different area fishing. Mm -hmm. So that's actually you and I mean, your church. Now listen, listen, I want you to hear this. I want to hear this now. The Cubans aren't even allowed to fish in this area, Zapata Peninsula. They're not even allowed to go there and fish. And through God, we're allowed now, we go and are allowed to go fish there. And we've started a church in this new area, two and a half hours southeast of Havana. Southeast of Havana. We've started a church there because of this. Um, and there's normally five five trips a year, roughly. June is always a medical missions, or it could be another story. I mean, uh, March, excuse me. June is going to be a concert again next year. And then it just goes down the line. Well, one quick thing. And I know they, right now, you're allowed to stay in the Havana area. <coughs> yeah, Vedado right Hotel. Vedado Hotel is where we stay. But as far as at some point, probably, you, I mean, what, you, would you see us? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. We have we have control. I guess because of the control of the government. Well, let me let me say this to you. Pastor Eduardo uh, three years ago received a letter from the government. I anytime you're a pastor there in Cuba, you are required to stay in your area. And I don't know like Alamar is divided into zones. That's the only place you're allowed to go. And all church related vehicles have orange plates on them. He got a letter. Maria called us to another meeting. She gave him a letter that said he could go anywhere he wanted. So with that door open, now there's house churches in Matanzas, and there's house churches in Baracoa. That's the very eastern tip. Baracoa. That's where Pastor Eduardo's from, Ortega. You might know the family. Well, that's right. That's where he's from. That's where he's from. Yeah. Yeah. 
Barracoa. We got, uh, I think there's 15 house churches in Barracoa. Oh, yeah? Yep. He might be interested in the fact that there's a lady in Rocky Mount, Ron Cuba, and um, Lucy. Lucy, and she wants to go back, and she was a little nervous. Well, she's struggling. Her family. Her husband was a pilot, and, and his best friend took a plane and defected to the U.S., so they took him, and I've never come right out and asked Lucy what happened. I, if she feels led to tell me, she will, but I've never. And she's prayed and prayed, and she's been she's been given an approval a visa to go back we well she but just to test the waters but she said she, she she couldn't go but now she's come back and mm -hmm. says i, I want to go and pastor duardo says if you get a visa that says you can come then you can come so we'll, we'll see how that works out her family lives right outside of Havana. she hasn't seen them 50 years is there a fear that she wouldn't be allowed to come back i'm sure she fears that i'm sure she well, fears that's, that. i think that's probably a, a fear i mean my fear would yeah. I mean, he left. My dad left in '61. At the time that Pastor was Our Lady was standing yeah. in power, so we were to fly out. But he, we haven't. He's never went back. And yeah. He's been diehard. Well, you know, I've I, never been. I've been touring here, but it's always been the fear. Is you know, you know, I'm now part of an American citizen. And everything. So the fear that you get in there and you know, all I can. Why are you, you know, Cuba? And, all I can say is when you go, Joe, you've got the most powerful source in the world within you. You've got the most powerful source. And if God puts it on your heart to go, trust in him. Thank you. Thank you. Let's look on page 34. We have one song. We have our final prayer. Then we're going to have a meal together.